Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflection from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Cameron Norris. Welcome, Cameron. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. But before we break open the bread of life to see how the Lord wants to speak to us today, let's invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Amen. Holy Spirit, into our hearts, and then kindle in our hearts the fire of your love. Set your heart, our hearts ablaze in love, that we may take that love out into the world to be messengers of the gospel message, to be invitations to the eternal banquet. Help us to see what we're to see, to hear what we're to hear, and then put it into action. So we invite the Holy Spirit into this meeting. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father and the Son, Son and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And uh, Cameron, do you mind giving us a little gospel love? I would love to. We are in the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decides to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, the master ordered him to be sold along with his wife, his children, and all of his property in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of the servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When the servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, Be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had a fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then, in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you, unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to, you, to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Wow. Wow. The difference between lip service and true forgiveness 
is the final sentence. That you forgive them from your heart. It's real easy to utter words. Yep. It's real easy to say, I've forgiven them out of my head. But to forgive someone out of your heart, it's out of love. It's out of love for that person who needs prayer, who needs help, who needs to come back to the Lord, who needs to repent. I mean, I'm telling you right now, for me, the amount of people that have hurt me throughout my life, um, <laughs> it is amazing how God has set me free through the forgiveness of their sins against me that I have to choose with my free will to forgive, not with my head, not with my lips, but with my heart. And then that opens up that treasure chest of love that every day, as the Lord reminds me of that person, I pray for them. It's not a wound that hurts. I pray for them. And it's healing for me. So again, prayer is a healing balm that God gives us for us. We've got to forgive because unforgiveness is a cell that's locked. It robs and steals from us the gift of the day, the present moment. It robs and steals from us the abundant life that our Lord Jesus Christ Christ paid the ultimate price for with his life. I'm I'm thinking back to the scriptures talk about when when, uh, Jesus was enduring the cross and the words that he was speaking was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It, it reminds me, Jesus knew how important it was to not let that unforgiveness rest on him even for a second. He was forgiving people as they were abusing him. And then you have Peter say, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how, must, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? And... and Jesus goes through this illustration in this parable where, you know, he's talking about the different servants and the masters and the forgiveness. But I think, I think what he's really highlighting here is you can't let that stuff sit. You need to let unforgiveness is in the moment when it happens. That's how many times you're forgiving. So it's, Jesus said, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. Like it doesn't, the number, don't get hung up on the number. As many times as somebody would sin against you and would need unforgiveness, that's how much forgiveness should be given. And it even goes in here with the parable. It says he had this huge debt. We have to remember (laughs) that's us. We had this huge debt, and he was willing to say, come sit at my table. With no way to pay it back. You can't. Nope. No, it, it, it's, it's a gift. It, it's, a, it's a free gift from him, but we, we have to remember, we, we also had this huge debt, and he says, hey, we're, we're, I'm not going to, I, I'm going to wipe your debt clean. When we're forgiven, I think when we have that more at the forefront of our mind, I don't know if it makes it easier, but it makes us more likely to respond in the same way. Um, when, when somebody else is doing something to us, 
keep in mind they're doing it to him as well. And he is willing to extend the forgiveness. I, I think he wants us to participate in what he is willing to do. Yeah. And as I'm reading this, I mean, this man, basically for me, sin has consequences. I mean, this man had a debt that had to be paid. The consequences was <laughs> sell his wife, his children, his property in payment of the debt. Well, sin has consequences. And so for me, with the Lord forgiving all my sins, he forgave it out of his great love for us through the gift of his son. And I don't ever want to forget that, that the Lord Jesus Christ laid down his life for me. He paid the ultimate price for me. He exchanged what should have been my punishment, my consequence, he took it on. And so me, I need to emulate that to the world. I need to emulate that in every person that I meet and have that heart of compassion. Join with compassion, to join with the passion of Christ in forgiving them, in, in, in again, uni unifying them in the body of Christ. So use me each day, Lord, as an instrument in the salvation of souls, and let me be that invitation to this eternal banquet with you. I give you myself totally, fully, completely, holding nothing back. Don't forget the price Jesus paid for your salvation. And then offer up your life every day as a living sacrifice for others and their salvation. Use me, Lord. Mm. Wow. So when, so when the um, servant gets called back to the master, he, he, the line he says to him, it says, the master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave your debt because you begged me. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant, as I had pity on you. I'm reading this line, you wicked servant, and I'm thinking about the scripture that says, well done, good and faithful servant. And what are those things that it talks about, you know, in the Beatitudes with good and faithful servant? It was, when I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. When I, when I was naked, you gave me clothes. Um, the things that we get to do for other people. And the way it talks about it on here, should you not have had pity on your fellow servant? This, this idea of having pity, I mean, the drink, the clothes, those are maybe easier examples to identify with, but it's also talking about the heart. Um how we view people in our hearts and having pity on other people. Earlier, we were just talking about uh, we don't know the wounds of other people. Oftentimes, people will react when you touch on a wound that they may know they have, they may not know they have, they may not have addressed that before. Uh, um, oftentimes, wounded people wound people. And to be able to see it for what it is, I think it's more likely that our response will be to have pity on that person. You know, you can see, like, um, I'm thinking of an example. When a baby is a baby and they're not talking and they're just crying, 
the more common response is to not get angry at this baby, but to try to find out what it is they're trying to communicate with you without using language. Maybe they're letting you know they're hungry or they, they're uncomfortable or you know they need a diaper change or they need a nap, those kinds of things. I think we can also look at this as a, adults to adults. Sometimes people are trying to say something and they might not be doing a good job of using their words with it, but if you can see it for what it is, I think we're called to have pity on that person and understand why somebody, and, and I don't think this is something that, when I say understand why somebody does something the way they do, I, I think that really comes from the power of the Holy Spirit, because really he knows what those issues are. We may have a, an idea of what they are or an assumption of what they are, but he really knows where those building blocks in their life came from. He knows why they operate the way they do. If we really knew those things about that person, I think we would have more pity on them. I think we would be able to say, hey, I, yeah, okay. Um, it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it okay. But as far as the forgiveness versus unforgiveness side of it, there's a lot of people who have wounds and they have hurts and maybe they've been able to structure their life in a way where nobody gets to see their wounds and nobody gets to see their hurts and maybe they've dealt with them and maybe they've not dealt with them. But oftentimes they react from those places and, and hear the Lord is calling us to have pity on that person in the same way he has had pity on us. Mm. He's brought forgiveness to us, not from something that we earned, but because of who he is. Wow. And as you read this, you know, it's interesting. You and I, do we realize we're servants of the king of kings or we're servants of Satan? You will be a servant. You are a servant. I agree. So you will either be serving God or you'll be serving Satan. That free will choice, it's yours. So as I'm reading this, it's like, oh man, Lord, I choose to serve you. Use me for your purpose this day. Guide me by the light of the Holy Spirit. I'm all in, all yours. Use me to be a vessel of your mercy, compassion, pity, love in the world. Use me to make this world a better place because I do not want to serve Satan. Because as we serve the mammon of the world, as we serve our self-centeredness, as we serve our self-reliance, it's not healthy, not good. So for me, man, Lord, help me to be the humble servant you created me to be. As, as Mary cried out, I'm the handmaid, the servant of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Wow. I'm going back up to the top here. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. And then everything we just read there, um, he, he had pity on and, and, and forgave uh, the servant of his loan. It, it's reminded me of a, called a dream or, uh, yeah, it was a dream and I remember seeing, I, I remember going into like a, a really fancy restaurant, 
you know, and, you know, the waiter walks you in and there's a tablecloth and, you know, just a, a beautiful place and great service. And it was, it was all so beautiful. And then Jesus sat on the other side of the table and he wanted to dine with me and he wanted to, but I could look around the restaurant and I was having my one-on-one with him, but he was also having one-on-ones. Every table you could see was an individual and it was Jesus. And it was like, wow, this is, this is so cool. This is powerful. This is awesome. And then there was somebody in my life that I didn't think very well of. And they came into the restaurant and they got the same treatment, you know, the, uh-huh. the service and the, you know, he pulls out his chair for him. And, you know, I'm looking at Jesus across the table, like, what is he doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you know, I thought this is this was just a place for, you know, the holier than thou. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, trust me, it was it was a, a beautiful imagery to put me in the right place. Um, in my heart, it was it was really a heart issue that he was getting at. But I I just remember being appalled that he was sitting down and getting this intimate time in this beautiful place with with Jesus, and I'm. I'm saying they're like, <laughs> it like ruined bring my... Out, bring out the torturers. Yeah, yeah. Come ru- on, Lord. It, it, it like ruined my beautiful experience. And, and that's what he showed me. You're, you're willing to give up this beauty to focus on that? I'm after that person's heart. Yep. I, I want to woo them. I want to have an intimate relationship with them, just like everybody else in this restaurant. Um, it, yeah, it was so powerful. I, I haven't thought about that in a while. But I think that it goes back to this. I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. And yeah, it, it, it's a beautiful parable. It's just a friendly reminder. There's a chance we've been an irritant in somebody's life. Not to let that get into, get in the way of, of, of having opportunity to have unity. And that's seven times. Seven's the, the number of perfection. And 77 means, no, no, we're going to double it up. It's, it's an unending seven in that you're going to forgive right. and forgive and forgive because love doesn't run out. Forgiveness does not run out. I go down to the bottom because our choice to hold unforgiveness, our choice to not forgive others, our, those choices, they have consequences. And so the father hands you over to some people that don't really like you. No, torturers. Those consequences of us choosing to not forgive, those consequences of us choosing to sin, they come with some real pain and some real debt that we have to pay in hopes that we'll repent and come back into relationship. So for me, Lord, I don't want to go there. Give me the grace to forgive. Give me the grace to not sin. Help me to go to confession often, often to stay clean. I know for me, if I run, if I run, Two, three weeks, man, it's starting. I'm starting to not be healthy. And if I go longer than that, even my wife, who's not Catholic, says, hello, sweetheart, when's the last time you went to confession? <laughs> because she can spiritually sense, ah, I got a little bit of that sulfur in me. It's not healthy. So again, let's keep that heart open with pity with the people we meet. Don't judge them and be always open to be compassionate to others because they are wounded. Everybody we meet has wounds. Don't hold it against them. Forgive them. Love them purely. 
and be those invitations to the eternal banquet. Wow. That's so good. So the, so the first servant says to the master, be patient with me and I'll pay you back in full. And then when that servant goes out, the person responds to him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. It's just a reminder. We have had conversations with the father where let's say we're convicted of a sin and we can talk to him and and through his grace be forgiven then at the same time be put into a situation where somebody else we know is in need of grace um and i don't i don't want to i don't want to toe the line of, you know, it makes things right or it makes things okay. But, but the more we remember what pity was poured out for us when we said we need pity, I, I think it helps us to be able to be that for other people. And, and, and the answer to, to his response when the person says, be patient with me and I'll pay you back, it says he refused, and then when the master got to him, he said, you wicked servant. Didn't I do this for you? Shouldn't you be able to do this for other people? Um, as I had pity on you? I mean, wow, there's so much in there. And I go back to the sentence, since he had no way of paying it back, his master's ordered him to be sold, along with his wife, his children, all his property, and payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, with me, and I will pay you back in full. Well, it just said there's no way of paying it back. Right. And then the consequences to that unforgiveness, or, or that debt, I should say, which is the debt owed for the sin of this man's life, it's it's like, oh my goodness, look at the consequences. Well, this guy still thinks, you know what? I can work my way into heaven. I can figure this out. I can do it myself. now. The father says, no, you can't. I'm going to send the only way you can, you can make it right. I'm going to give you my son. He's going to pay the price that you can't pay. So I find it interesting. There was no way to pay it back, but this guy still has it in his mind. Oh, I can do it. I can pay it back. That's the, my spiritual director points out that's my sin of self-sufficiency. I can do it. Yeah. The center of sin. Yeah. S-I-N. The center of pride. P-R-I-D-E. <laughs> Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, his exact response is, I will pay you back in full. And right before that is when it says, he had no way of paying it back. Do, do we think sometimes that we are capable of doing something that only he can do? Yep. I, I think that it's kind of a rhetorical question. There are things that only he can do. And he wants to work with us and through us and in us. But the, it says there's no way he could have paid it back. E even though he says, I'll, I'll find a way. Or he said, be patient with me. I'll pay you back in full. There, there's plenty of things that we are not capable of doing. But with him and through him, there are things in this exact circumstance. It says he forgave him his loan. 
forgiving him of his loan was the same as, not the same as paying it back, but it was a way of wiping it off the books. This is off the books now. And it was nothing he was able to do. Yeah. And I also wrote down the statement, don't judge, because I think too many times, you know, we're forgiven. We we were where these sinners were. We were these other people were. And the next thing you know, we're judging them because now we've, we, we, hey, we were where we're at with our relationship with God. So I'm going to judge them. They do this. I'm going to judge them. They do that. The Lord's like, stop, be merciful, have pity, be compassionate, pray for them, love them where they're at, recognize them as the eight-year-old little boy or little girl before the world twisted and contorted them. Don't look at the sin and label them with the sin. Look at the little boy or the little girl that God sees that God created within them. So for me, whew, don't let me judge, Lord. Don't let me, they don't, they're not my servants. Don't let me judge them. They're your precious sons and daughters. Help me, Lord. Yeah, and, and that's how this finishes up. Um, it says, unless each of you forgives your brothers from your heart. I think it always boils down to a heart issue. Um, ju- judging somebody might not look like hey, you this and you that and them this and them that. It's it's really, if we take care of those things in our heart, then what's, what comes out of that will be, hey, you know what? I, I could see how that person might have responded or reacted that way. You know, they're going through a lot right now and I've been there before. I've, I've been in similar shoes. And yeah, I get it. When things build up like that, that's a tough place. But it, but that's really a heart issue. And then I think our responses, our reactions that actually come out or people see how we do things or how we talk about people, those kinds of things boil from what's actually going on in our heart. And if there's unforgiveness that's in our hearts, other things are going to spew out. Yep, and again, it also shows us intercessory prayer because the fellow servants saw what happened and they were deeply disturbed. And what'd they do? Bicker amongst themselves? No, they went to the master. They went to the father to say, Father, here's what's going on. And they prayed for these, this person, prayed for their redemption, prayed for them to see. So for me, don't underestimate our intercessory prayer where we go to the father, not to each other and yep, yep, yep. Go to the father, say, Father, they need your help. Father, they're judging. Father, again, knock, seek, ask, and watch God work. Don't judge. God bless each and every one of you. Let's be lights in the world, mercy and compassion. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. 
If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.